Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve Slonwhite. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. Hope you had a great week with your business. Have you ever wondered what marketing directors look for when they're looking for a freelance writer or content writer? Have you ever wondered what traits they're looking for? Have you ever wondered what really impresses them when they're working with a particular writer? Or what are some of the things that writers and copywriters do that really irks them, that perhaps dissuades them from ever using their services again? Wouldn't you like to know that information? Well, if you haven't had a background in working in a marketing department, if you've never been a marketing director before, it's very difficult to get into their headspace and know how things work from their side of the desk. So to help you do that, to help you gain that perspective, I have a real treat for you. I have an interview with Robin Rees. Now, she is a former corporate marketing director for several companies. In fact, She's worked as a marketing director for over 20 years, and not too long ago, she made the leap into freelancing, and now today she's a freelance B2B social media copywriting and content creation expert, and she works with a variety of clients. But her background when she was a corporate marketing director includes working with companies in enterprise software, in healthcare technology, in automated communications and in SaaS industries. And in this interview, uh, Robin gives us valuable insights into what it's like to be a marketing director and what marketing directors look for when they are seeking and working with freelance writers and copywriters and content creators. So without further ado, here's my interview with Robin Rees. Well, hi, Robin. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Steve. Now, uh, you have many years of experience before you got into uh, freelance uh, copywriting and social media and content creation, which you specialize in now. You have many years of experience as a corporate marketing director. And uh, so the reason why I wanted to speak with you on this podcast is that you can give our audience a, a very unique perspective from the other side of the desk, the perspective of a marketing director who works in a department that that works with freelancers. So my first question to you, thinking back to your days as a marketing director, is how do marketing directors see the freelance world? How do they see freelance writers and copywriters and content creators? Well, so I think a lot depends on the companies that they work for. I I can tell you that most of my peers, we always felt like freelancers were great. We thought of them as subject matter experts. I personally thought of them as underutilized resources. You know, a lot of times the, the company would be, the, the budget would be somewhat constrained. And so you didn't get to use them as much as you would like. And so I, I always felt like they were underappreciated because there's a lot that goes into the written word in terms of, uh, you know, persuading prospects and that type of thing that, you know, a field marketing manager or somebody like that who hasn't really studied their craft may not be able to do as well. So when you say underappreciated, do you mean underappreciated by some marketing directors or by senior marketing people like the CMO or? 
Like, where did this underappreciate? Well, probably, I, I think part of it comes from um, part of it comes from the the senior leadership who haven't necessarily uh, worked their way up. Um, you know, sometimes a, C, a chief marketing officer actually comes up on the sales side, and so they may think, well, gosh, you know, anybody can write an email. I write emails, right. so <laughs> I think the underappreciation comes from somebody who's a little more senior that doesn't realize everything that goes into successful copy on the B2B side and field marketing managers, uh, you know, a lot of them that I worked with, they loved being able to hire freelancers because not only was it something that they didn't have to do then, but it was also something that would typically, uh, you know, generate greater results. And of course, you know, everybody's measured on what they actually deliver. So that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's where the, there's some natural, I think, uh, tension between a field marketing manager who knows the value of a copywriter and say, you know, somebody at a somewhat higher level that doesn't quite realize how important it is to have the right person generating the copy. Interesting. Uh, now, uh, in the companies that you worked for, how, how did you and your colleague work with freelance writers? What type of projects did you hire them on? Oh, we had them do all types of things. Typically, it started with the author. So it could be a white paper. Uh, it could be a series of case studies. Um, not so much on the social media side, which I, I think was actually a mistake, and not so much on the email side. And that's kind of where I get back to the whole idea of, of them being underappreciated. It would be hiring technical experts to do a, a white paper or um, the offer, I guess, is, is what it would be. And I, and I think that's kind of a mistake, too, because, you know, an offer is only as good as you know, driving people to it. So the emails and, and social media campaigns and that type of thing, that's where you're going to get that. Uh, that's where you're going to get people going to the offer. So, you know, an offer is, can, be, can be great, but if nobody's reading it, it's not going to generate the results. So just to clarify for those in the audience who may not understand, when you talk about the offer, you're talking about a content offer, a company using a white paper right. or a series of case studies as a lead generation piece, right? And, exactly. Uh, what exactly. you're seeing in the so what you're seeing in the companies you work for, at least, is that they're more likely to uh, hire those writing those long-form content pieces used as offers rather than emails and social media, which drives right. to the offer, right? Uh, so how did you right. handle those types of projects? Did you do most of the email and social media in-house? We did. And, you know, from that perspective, it it was never... Uh, it was never something that somebody inside had as a core competency, and, that, and that's actually why I started, you know, studying up on, uh, you know, what goes into a successful email campaign because I felt like we have this great offer, um, and and everything going into the offer is great, but when we're driving people to it, uh, we, you know, I, I felt like it wasn't doing the offer justice because the emails weren't as good as they could be. So that's actually how I got into focusing on that because I wanted to get more eyeballs on that offer. Now, in your experience, yours and your colleagues' experience, hiring freelance writers, freelance content specialists, what are, what are some things that, that writers did that really irked you in, in the way they approached you, the way they worked with you? What are some of the things you just didn't like uh, that some writers did? There's a few things. I mean, you know, top of my list would be misrepresenting what their capabilities were and and not so much everybody's actually, you know, lying. But if you don't specialize in a particular type of uh, content piece, don't tell me that you do. I may still hire you. 
Um, but if you're not the white paper guru that you say you are, I'm going to be disappointed with the results. So that, that's part of it is you can sell yourself, but don't mislead you know, the prospect because you're setting yourself up for failure and the prospect's not going to be happy. That's a very important point. So sure. let's, let's say you wanted to specialize in white papers. What you're saying is that it's a mistake to uh, you know, uh, present yourself as, as the white paper guru, the, uh, the white paper specialist, and try to create an impression that you've written all these white papers because that could actually work against you. But uh, if I hear you right, you would hire a writer like that if they said, you know, I've studied white paper writing. I know how to put together a white paper. I've written in these other types of projects. And I think I can do a great job on this, this one. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that true? It is. Okay. Because, yes. And, and, so and here's the reason why. Yeah. Exactly. Be honest in your approach. And, and here's the reason why I, I would potentially still hire somebody. And it goes back to that whole underappreciation. I may not have the budget to hire a white paper guru, because typically when somebody specializes, they can command higher fees. Um, so what I might be willing to do is if somebody can say, you know, as you said, I've, I've studied this, I've written other types of copy that are similar, and this is what I can do for you, you know, I, I may still say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to take a shot here, especially if, you know, the, the writing samples show a certain, um, you know, show a certain aptitude. So it, you don't have to necessarily um, oversell your capabilities um, because it, it doesn't mean that you won't get the work. It just means, you know, you've you've got to be honest about what you can do, but you know, make sure you emphasize here's why I can do a here's why I can do a good job. Great. Now you were just about to mention deadlines, which which writers <laughs> unfortunately have a have a bad reputation for. So tell me about deadlines. Well, I, I think anytime, um, you know, if, if the marketing manager says they're going to get a campaign out by a certain date, uh, you know, the writer has to deliver. And if they don't, you know, that, that reflects badly on the marketing manager because then somebody's going back and say, well, that didn't launch. And, and what's the reason why? Um, I guess the other thing that I would say is if for some reason you can't make a deadline, communicate. You know, I, I had a, you know, I, I've had family illness or, or crises or, or that type of thing where I've had to say, I am so sorry, I am running late on this. And, and they've said, that's okay, don't worry about it. Um, so I, I would just say, don't be embarrassed if, if you're, you know, if there's circumstances beyond your control that are keeping you from meeting a deadline, just communicate and let your client know what's the reason and when you think they can do, you can deliver. That's excellent advice. Is there anything else that, that, that irked you about, <laughs> about writers, some writer things that writers did that uh, actually worked against them or if that clients didn't like? Or were those well, two the top ones um, representing your, uh, what you're capable well, of and, and meeting deadlines and communicating? Well, it's not necessarily a thing that just irked me, but that, you know, it was kind of like on my wish list. Okay. And, uh, you know, it gets back to you know, what I was talking about in terms of typically you hire a writer for the for the big meaty piece. But then there's all of the ancillary things that go into a successful campaign. And, you know, as the marketing person, I would still have to find somebody to write those or do it myself. And I would have to be that, uh, you know, that choke point that coordinates everything and brings different people up to speed if I'm not the one writing it. So part of my wish list and actually part of why I got into freelancing is it would be great if 
the writer who's writing the really meaty piece could come back and say, you know, I've already spent this time getting up to speed on this. Would you like me to write the landing page and your email campaign and, you know, maybe even your social media posts that can drive to this? Because that would, ju- that would just be such a relief. Um, so on my wish list is I'd love to have a writer who can anticipate what else I need for a successful campaign and then offer to deliver it. Because more often than not, I can get that additional budget approved because it's it's not a project in and of itself. I'm not having to say, I need budget for an email. It's more of, I need a little more budget for this campaign, and here's why. You know, something that, that that's advice that's, that I, I, I've been giving writers and many other people, I've been giving uh, B2B writers for a long time. I'm really surprised writers don't do that more often. Uh, because not only, never, so, yeah, not only is it so helpful to marketing directors like, like yourself, but... Um, but also it potentially inc- increases uh, the income you make on that project. Exactly. And I can tell you it it works. Um, I've never had a writer offer to do all of that when I was working on the corporate side. Um, but what I do as a freelancer is I always offer, you know, a lot of times it's a turnkey package. I'm going to write this piece for you and I'm going to do all of these other things. And I present that as one option in my proposals. And I've even had, you know, vice presidents of marketing saying, Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. You're, you're, you're just doing it all and we don't have to worry about it. So, you know, it makes the marketing manager, your, your immediate client look good because they've, they've thought through that and are streamlining the process. And uh, you know, if you're a good writer, you're also going to basically make the campaign perform better as a result. So I, I strongly recommend that. No, I think we just talked. Uh, I think we just talked about an answer to my next question here. But let me ask it anyway. Uh, what are some things that that writers have done when when you work with freelance writers that really impressed you? That really made you think, "Wow, I'm so glad I'm, I'm working with this writer," or "Wow, this this writer has given me such a terrific experience working with her." Um, is there a couple of things that writers have done that really you really liked, and that that's that we can learn from as writers? Yes. Uh, well, in addition to offering to write the entire package, that, that goes back to, um, you know, think like a marketer, anticipate what is my client going to need, and then find a way to deliver it. So we talked about that. Um, the other piece that tends to impress the heck out of me, and therefore I try to do as well now, is do your own research. Don't just regurgitate what your client gives to you. Um, you know, especially for something like a white paper, you know, include third party research and, and quote it because it gives the white paper more, uh, more credibility. Um, and it, it also just shows the client that you're not needing to be spoon fed. Uh, so you can do some research, put together a strong outline and, you know, the, the marketing director is going to come back. Wow. I never thought of that before. That's really great. Um, so that's one thing. Then the other thing is, and I don't know how else to describe it except say, you know, write creatively. And you know, I don't care if it's a white paper about, you know, industrial equipment that, you know, nobody's ever heard of before. You want to tell a story. And so you want to introduce a little bit of drama, a little bit of flair for, um, you know, the, the tension and, and the conflict. And, and what I mean by that is, um, there's, there's always a reason why somebody needs to buy this equipment and there's going to be an emotional reason why they need to buy it in addition to, you know, the business case. So 
you know, hone in on that emotion and, and make it real. And then also when you're, when you're doing, so it's just basically if you write creatively and come up with a really good opening, because a white paper can, it, there's going to be a lot of information that's delivered in, in a, you know, a fairly dense way. So you've got to enter, you know, you've got to write creatively. You've got to think about what are the verbs that are using? How do you make sure that this is interesting enough to read? Because if the prospect doesn't read it, it's not going to do his job. When I work with a writer like that, I will hire them again and again. Oh, that's excellent advice, Robin. Thanks. Uh, now, you've made the transition. Yeah. You, you have 20 years' experience in working in marketing departments and, and managing marketing projects, being a corporate marketing director. And, but now you've made the transition into uh, you know, copywriting, social media, content creation. What has helped you uh, in your experience as a marketing director that's kind of helping you in your current uh, self-employed career? Well, a lot of the things that I just said, okay, um, obviously. you know, I, yeah, so I, I try to think like a marketing director. Um, when I, I, you know, marketing directors, they're under a huge amount of pressure and it's always about leads, 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 give me leads, give me quality leads. They're a lot of times not so much under attack, but there's natural finger pointing between marketing and sales and sales brings in the revenue. So they tend to have the ear of, you know, the CEO and people like that. So the more you can anticipate what's going on for a marketing director and alleviate some of that pressure, the better. They like to have options. So one of the things that I do as a freelancer is when somebody says, give me a proposal on a white paper, I don't just give them a proposal on a white paper. I'm not just an order taker. I, I put in options. Um, the middle option is, is, you know, often the ones, the one that they go for, but it's, it's, different packages at different price points. Robin, this has been fantastic. Thanks for sharing these, these insights. Uh, they're just, just incredible. I think one How of the challenges, yeah, I think one of the challenges that uh, a lot of B2B writers, copywriters, content strategists have who has, has not grown up in, in, in a marketing department is that they have, they sometimes have this difficulty uh, getting into the heads of a marketing director and, 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 trying to yep. figure out what their world is like. So you, you've added some really important insights here. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That was Robin Reese, former corporate marketing director turned freelance B2B social media writer, content creator, copywriter, and she's doing great right now in her freelance career. And she shared with us some fantastic insights into the mind of a marketing director, especially what marketing directors are up against and what they're looking for when they're looking for uh, copywriting and content creation help. So thank you very much, uh, Robin, for giving us those insights. And I think probably the three insights that I took away from that that I'd really like to emphasize uh, is she said to anticipate what your client needs, and then find a way to deliver that. And she used that example of if you're writing a white paper, well, they're going to need the promotional copy around that white paper as part of a lead generation campaign. So why not offer that? Uh, we at AWAI and B2B Writing Success have been saying that to you for a long time. It's a strategy that works really well. And also, uh, do your own research. And add research and ideas to the uh, copy that you're writing. Don't just be an order taker. Don't just write based on what the client tells you. Add value by doing some additional research. And if you look back at the previous podcasts in B2B Writing Success, you'll find a couple of really good podcasts on how to do that research. And finally, write creatively. Write uh, in a storytelling style. 
Uh, we live in an age where uh, conversational copywriting content writing really incorporates uh, stories these days. It's a very important element in marketing communications. And the more you do that, the more creatively you write, the more you write as a storyteller, uh, the more effective your copying content is going to be. And obviously, according to Robin, marketing directors appreciate that. They look for that. So that's this week's B2B Writing Success. I'm Steve Slomwhite. I hope you found it helpful. Until next week, have a great week with your B2B writing or content writing business. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Slomwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com. <laughs>